Hey, busy lady. My name is Caitlin Mark, licensed dietitian, and I want to help you find good health by returning to God's good, intelligent design. The goal of this podcast is to dig into how our bodies have been designed to work using the Bible and trustworthy research so that you can diet simply and sustainably. Let's get into today's episode. This month, I'm on maternity leave, so for the next few weeks, I'm going to read my most popular blog posts over the past three years. The second most popular post I've written and will be reading in this episode is titled, Think You're Gluten Sensitive? You'll want to read this first. Let's get reading. The more studies that are done, the deeper we realize the problem with gluten is complex. Gluten sensitivity is simply the manifestation of a much deeper imbalance. The spectrum of being gluten sensitive ranges from celiac disease where the body is attacking itself when gluten is eaten to developing health annoyances like diarrhea or other digestive issues when gluten is eaten. Since we are seeing a growing number of people who can't tolerate eating gluten-full foods, we need to get to the bottom of what's going wrong. I mean, why are gluten products causing problems but not rice or quinoa? What makes gluten so special? In this article, here's what we're going to cover. What gluten is, which flours have gluten in them, other gluten-full products, potential symptoms of gluten sensitivity, theories of why you may be sensitive to gluten, why you should be careful with cutting out gluten, and what to do if you suspect you are sensitive to gluten. Side note, if you think you may be sensitive to gluten, read to the end to hear about a tool for you to use to find out if you are. What is gluten anyways? Before we go any further, we first have to understand what gluten is. Gluten is a naturally occurring protein in wheat. If you have ever baked homemade bread, you know you have to knead the dough several times. Kneading helps to stretch and build up the gluten in the dough so that when the bread is baking, the gluten holds the shape of the bread. If you've had sourdough bread before, you can thank gluten for that tasty golden crust. Since gluten is a protein, it is considered to be a nutrient. For those of you who know what a protein is, bear with me for a sec. For those who don't know, you can think of a protein as a bunch of connected Legos. Each Lego is an amino acid that pairs up with different amino acids to make a protein. When we eat proteins, our bodies break down the proteins into amino acids so that the amino acids can help build muscles, skin, bone, parts of our blood, hormones, and even vitamins. Very similar to how Legos build up many things, amino acids build up many things in our bodies. Gluten's amino acids are not excluded from these roles. Wheat, the source of gluten, has many other nutrients like B vitamins, which are the vitamins commonly associated with energy, minerals like calcium, potassium, phosphorus, a little bit of healthy fat, and fiber if you eat whole wheat. Too many flours. Which one's which? If you buy whole wheat flour at the store, you're getting the whole wheat grounded up. If you buy flour that is partially wheat, the fibrous outer layer of the wheat grain has been removed. This is because the fiber in whole wheat makes baking items more dry and crumbly. All-purpose flour, an example of partial wheat flour. Also, if your flour says bleached on the label, then it has been bleached white with some kind of chemical agent. If it says unbleached flour, it has been bleached naturally and will have a yellow tint to it. The reason why flour was bleached in the first place was for marketing purposes. 
Why flour is more appealing to customers than yellowy or brown flour. Lastly, you will also see variations of types of flours from bread flour to cake or pastry flour. The differences here are in the amount of gluten present in the flour. Bread flours have a lot of gluten present because the gluten has to be strong to keep the shape of baked bread. Pastry and cake flours have the least amount of gluten in them because pastries and cakes are more delicate and fine. Too much gluten in the flour will make these delicacies more dense and hard instead of light and fluffy. Enough gluten to go around. Flour is not the only product that has gluten. There are several other products that contain gluten naturally. This includes barley, which also means beer, rye, triticale, farro, malt, part of a malted milkshake, brewer's yeast, wheat starch, semolina, and durum used to make pasta and noodles. Other products that use gluten as an additive for thickening include sauces like soy sauce and gravies. Oats are not made with gluten, but they may be contaminated with gluten because many who process oats also process gluten cereals. Consider oats to have gluten unless the package specifically says gluten-free. If you are curious about all the foods that may have gluten, check out the Celiac Disease Foundation's list of gluten-containing foods. Link in the post. The Rising Problem with Gluten One of the reasons why a gluten-free diet is trending today is because more and more people believe they are sensitive to gluten. Symptoms of gluten sensitivity are said to be diarrhea, constipation, bloating, abdominal pain, nausea, headaches, foggy mind, rashes or eczema, inflamed skin, anxiety, depression, tiredness, arm and or leg numbness, muscle and or joint pain. As you can see, most of the symptoms above are symptoms that cannot be measured directly, and many times gluten sensitivity is self-diagnosed. This is a tricky area because of two things. One, there could be something else in someone's diet that could be causing their symptoms. Two, the mind is a powerful organ where if you truly believe something, your mind can make it seem real. This is what we call the placebo effect. So there are those who are 100% right about their sensitivity to gluten and those who may not actually be sensitive to gluten. Instead, they may actually be sensitive to something else in wheat or their diet. Why you might be gluten sensitive. There are a bunch of theories right now of why there is a growing problem with gluten. Unfortunately, none of the theories have been clearly proven yet. This might be because there are multiple causes of gluten sensitivities, or because we don't quite understand yet what's going on. Here are a few of the potential causes of gluten sensitivities. Theory 1. The use of the herbicide Roundup on crops has risen over the past 40 years. There is an active ingredient in Roundup, glyphosate, that may be blocking gluten from doing what it needs to do to be digested well. As a result, an intolerance to gluten is developed. Theory 2. Glyphosate may also be destroying your good gut bacteria. And as we talked about before, your gut bacteria is essential to being healthy. So after many attacks by antibiotics, stress, and chemicals like Roundup in your diet, your good gut bacteria weakens. As your bacteria weakens, gluten can be taken in by your body before it's fully broken down. This causes your immune system to label gluten as a bad guy and will attack it every time you eat gluten. Theory 3. Wheat is highly processed to make white flour. During processing, many components of wheat are removed, and then some are added back to make better flour for baking and cooking. This processing makes flour imbalanced in nutrients and much different than its natural form. As a result, our body doesn't recognize processed flour as wheat anymore, 
so it reacts every time you eat it. Theory 4. To make bread products with flour, you normally have to ferment the bread dough with yeast for 12 to 24 hours. This is not an efficient process, so commercialized yeast that can ferment the dough in 30 to 60 minutes is now used to make bread products. As a consequence, the yeast may not be able to fully break down gluten in 30 to 60 minutes. Gluten that isn't fully broken down then can cause your body to think it's a bad guy and attack it. Theory 5. Supposedly, a gluten intolerance can be a consequence of a yeast infection. If you have a yeast infection, the yeast can take over your small intestine, which can weaken your good gut bacteria. And as we just talked about above, having weak gut bacteria can allow gluten to be taken into your body before it's fully broken down. Theory 6. Contrary to Theory 5, a gluten intolerance could be confused for a yeast infection. Often gluten products have yeast in them too, so you could be reacting to yeast instead of gluten. The baked products without yeast, i.e. cakes, pies, and cookies, have lots of simple sugars in them, and yeast feeds on simple sugars. Side note, between theory 5 and 6, no one really knows whether a gluten sensitivity can lead to yeast overgrowth. Yeast overgrowth can lead to gluten sensitivity, or both. More research is needed here. Theory 7. Another lesser-known theory is based on a candida infection. Candida has a similar protein to gliadin, which is a protein in wheat. So when you have a candida infection, the body also attacks gliadin because it looks similar to candida. What we do know, we are seeing a rise in people being sensitive to gluten. This is especially true in women more than men. Doctors and researchers do not exactly know what is causing gluten sensitivities yet. But research is showing that it has most likely something to do with your gut bacteria. Don't go gluten-free just because. If gluten in wheat wasn't a source of necessary vitamins and minerals, it wouldn't be so bad that many are going gluten-free. But many who go gluten-free miss out on nutrients that are hard to get from other foods. Remember those nutrients I listed above? Those are the nutrients I'm talking about missing out on. This is why only those who are truly sensitive to gluten should remove gluten from their diet. If you do remove gluten, you will need to plan ahead to make sure you are eating other sources of B vitamins and minerals. Not getting enough of these nutrients may be causing problems too. If you need help finding a list of foods with these nutrients, feel free to jump over to the contact page on my blog and shoot me an email. Are you affected by gluten? Since there is a rise in gluten sensitivity, you may want to know for yourself if you are affected by gluten. So I've put together a gluten email challenge that you can do to see if your body responds negatively to gluten. Okay, now I'm breaking off from what I've written in the blog posts and putting some commentary in. I do have a gluten email challenge that is still set up. If you want to join the challenge, then click the link in the show notes to go to this blog post article. And you can join there if you think that you are sensitive to gluten and want to find out. It walks you through a similar to an elimination diet. I do recommend that you scroll down to the end of this post and read the section titled, Are You Affected by Gluten? kind of explains what to expect to help you really understand and figure out if gluten is causing your problems or not. Hey friend, real quick. If you enjoyed this episode, then I think you would also enjoy our free private community. Head over to community.yourplatewithkate.com, link in the show notes, to learn more about our free private community. See you in the next episode.